hey, I'm your host, Bridgetta Giles, certified family life educator, sex educator, sexuality counselor, lover of the word, word, fuck, in all forms. I can't speak today. Today, I have a very special guest, Jordan Donnell. Jordan, tell us who you are and tell us how you're changing the world. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me and joining you on this podcast today. So I'm Jordan Donnell. I am a physician assistant, a women's sexual educator and intimacy coach, and I help women have better sex and learn and discover their bodies. I absolutely love that. I'm so excited to have you on. We have been missing each other. You were supposed to be on season three. I got sick. (laughs) I got sick. I, so I live with, um, PMDD. And so I had an, like, I had the worst bout December and January on top of all other sickness. I had a hypertensive crisis. Like I've had so much happen in the past few months. I'm so glad to have you here and totally get it. And, um, you know, our conversation before this, this just leads me to believe June is a great timeline so that you can take more care of you and have more time for yourself and prioritize your health, whatever that looks like for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is, that is where I'm going thus far. Like I'm trucking, like anything that is going to keep me in a state of pleasure and a state of bliss and a state of happiness. I don't want to be overwhelmed or underwhelmed. Steadily whelmed is where I want to be. So yes. Have you made it public yet? I have, I have, I listen, I have griped enough. (laughs) I have said, listen, y'all got me till June. So all my listeners, just so you know, to keep you abreast of what's going on, people at my job already know I have made plans to leave my nine to five. I've worked in behavioral health for a very, very long time at this point, 16 years. And at my current company, I've been there close to 10 years. And it's time for me to fly, fly, fly. I will be leaving in June. I think I have told everyone individually that I am leaving so that no one is surprised when they get this good old letter in June. But June felt really good because I always take vacation on my birthday in July. So it the way it's timing, instead of me going on vacation, I will be um, transitioning out. Um, fingers crossed to do contract work still and focus more on the podcast and um, move back into the counseling world because I have, um, I have, I've not been counseling as much and I need my clinical hours. So here we go. Yes. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love transitioning out of a nine to five. Yes. Yes. You know what? Just thinking back over my life, nine to five was never for me. I don't think I was raised to have a nine to five. I have, I have been raised I've had so many questions and I just, I don't go with the status quo. And I think somewhere between graduating high school, getting married, I was just like, well, I'm going to do what everyone else is doing. And I have suffered ever since. So I think now is a good time. And I want to be a good example for my son because I need him to see that you have options. If you want to work a nine to five, because my son loves structure. I don't know how I birthed this kid. I don't know, but he is super modest. And he loves structure. Like you take him off of his schedule and he's like, what is everybody doing? The world is gone mad. And I am not, I'm his gypsy mother. So thankfully he has a a very structured, supportive, logical father and stepmother. And I am his gypsy. 
Yes. I feel you on the nine to five life. My entire career of working, I have done, I was a flight attendant for a few years. Um, what else have I done when I, most of my travel work as a PA, it was contract work three months on two months off. And I'm, I'm the girl that likes to work the weekend hours, the evenings, the odd hours, like that doesn't bother me at all. So I feel you nine to five is not, it's not for me either. It's not, it's not. So yay. Surprise. If you didn't know, that's my plan. But if you do, welcome to season four, right? Welcome to season four. So that I have more time with you all, my wonderful listeners. So yeah. So Jordan, now that we know a little bit about you and all of my summer plans, can you tell us a scandalous hotel, like just something juicy and sexy, but something that you learned from, like you feel like you're a better person because of that experience. So I've got a really juicy story for you. And I got to think about what I've learned from it just yet. Cause I, there's, there's a message in here, but I got to figure that out yet. I love it. And this story took place about five years ago. I went to the Dominican Republic. Have you ever been there? I have not, but I'm already loving where this is going because that is actually on my, my plan. I want to go to the Dominican Republic so bad. Well, it was so beautiful. I went as like a graduation present for myself after I completed my PA program Mm -hmm. and it was just myself and a girlfriend and we went out there and we met some Dominican boys Yes, and they happened to work at the hotel, which is a huge no-no fraternizing with guests is a no-no, but, uh, we had such a blast. So I don't even know where to start with this whole story. (laughs) They did not speak English. They only spoke Spanish and my Spanish is very hit or miss. We'll put it that way. Like very questionable. So our conversations were in this like questionable Spanish, really there weren't a whole lot of words. It was more body language and communicating via through, uh, non-verbal communication. We'll put it that way. Love it. Okay. So One night we all went out to the club and had a really good time. I definitely thought I was going to be killed. So we went out to the club during this trip. I definitely saw my life flashing before my eyes on multiple occasions, multiple times. And we'll get to all of that, but this story is just so juicy. So we go to the club, we go home, nothing crazy. Next night we go back to the club and this time they take us to what we called the Ho-Ho Hotel. Oh, ho, hotel. Okay. I like it already. Yep. So, um, we went back to this hotel and we slept with these Dominican guys. It was such a phenomenal experience. Actually, he proposed to me that weekend what? and it just, my girlfriend just sent it to me two days ago. She's like, you can always still go back and date Slater. And I mean... so it, it gets better though. It gets even better. It was one of the most um, phenomenal experiences. And then we went to this Ho-Ho hotel. They took care of us the whole week. They took care of us every single day. We'd go to the club, we'd go to the hotel. Then we go back to our resort. Mm-hmm. And one day they were like, Hey, we want to take you somewhere absolutely beautiful. So we're like, okay, cool. They're like, but we need to rent a car and we need your passport to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I was not willing to give up my passport. But my girlfriend did give up her passport. We got a car and we are sitting in the backseat of this car, driving through the middle of nowhere in the Dominican Republic. 
And we look at each other and we're like, this could be the end, or this could be the most beautiful experience of our life. Yellow. <laughs> right. Yellow. And so we drove about two and a half hours, like across the entire country. And they wanted to take us to this beautiful cathedral. And so they took us to this cathedral. Neither of us were really into it, but they just were like, so excited about how it's, it's the most beautiful thing there. Right. And then afterwards we drove back and they stopped at this private resort or like this private beach, most beautiful beach ever, like bright blue oceans. There was the jungle off to the side. There was a fried red snapper, like all of the good stuff that only the locals knew about this. And then we went into the jungle and you know how this is going to end. Yes. I'm here for it. Yes. Definitely had sex in the jungle with my Dominican man and it was hot. I am here for it. Listen, so I have this fantasy that I want to have sex outside. I've never had sex outside before. I actually want to have sex outside in the rain, but I, I am prone to illness. I just feel like I'm going to catch pneumonia or some shit, but I want to do it. I feel as though a jungle would be a mate now with that being said. I'm also going to be, I feel like I'm going to be a little nervous because snakes, I feel like snakes would crawl. It's just, ooh, no. Yeah, I definitely... But- was like, you better make this fast because make it quick, I don't know sir. what's about to come out and, right. and I'm running. Best Absolutely. of luck. Absolutely. It's just my luck, a snake or a monkey. I'm definitely afraid of monkeys. I don't care how big or how small monkeys freak me the fuck out. And I just, so as I say this, the idea of fucking in the jungle is, is appealing. Realistically, could I enjoy myself in this moment? You seem to have enjoyed yourself. So there's hope. You know, it was, it was fun. It was definitely not one of like that time that we had sex was not the most pleasurable only because, you you know, we're out in the public. It's the middle of the day, super illegal. Um, (laughs) I don't know Spanish. Like I'm not trying to go to the Dominican jail, Um, but we also had fucked behind a building and all these other things. So, I mean- I'm lucky I didn't go to jail in the Dominican that weekend. But you had a blast though. But I had a blast. You know, memories. Memories. <laughs> How many people can say they did some crazy shit like right. that? Right. Listen, I'm I am sitting here trying to. So I have a sexual bucket list, right? Ooh. And as I have built my bucket list, I it has really upset me the many things that I have yet to do. And I'm damn near 40. How did I how did this happen? As open as I am. But see, I love hearing experiences like that because it makes me like, oh, I can do these things because other people doing it. So I am not alone yeah. in my thought process. So yay. So we're all out here doing whole shit. We're doing whole shit. I want to do more whole shit. So I've I have started this whole uh sex positive celibacy. It's abstinence, but I'm calling it celibacy because it sounds better. Sex about sex positive celibacy and I'm doing great, but I hate it. Um, but I'm now at the point that I have scared away all potential suitors. So there is no one to fuck. So that helps me not fuck and helps my sex positive celibacy. But I am out here horny as hell. So yeah, um, the doctor gave me some meds 
when I was talking about my anxiety and stuff. And she was like, I just, I know your um, sex and desire and arousal, all that's very important to you. So I want to make sure whatever meds you take um, has minimal impact. And I literally looked at her, I'm like, that's so considerate. But right now it doesn't even matter. I'm going right now, give me what you got because I am losing my mind. Oh my goodness. Partly because Um, I don't have dick, but still. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the most common side effects about with the anti-anxiety medications and antidepressants is anorgasmia or the inability to orgasm and can have a huge impact on desire. And so many providers are not warning their patients about that. Mm -hmm. And then people don't realize why they're less interested or why they're having a hard time after they start taking this medication, because you don't necessarily put two and two together unless you've heard it on a podcast or you follow one of us, then you probably know these things, but I'm so glad that they warned you about that. And yeah. So let me take it all. I have a, I have a conversation and I urge every, if you are listening, I interview my, all, all of my service providers from my dentist (laughs) I interview my OBGYN. I've had the same OBGYN since um, for the like past 11, 12 years um, because I had a very clear conversation with her. Listen, I am going to come in here and I'm going to cuss. I am going to say all the words and I am going to talk about sex. You're, you, you are face first into my vagina, hands, phalanges, all the things. So I feel as though we can have an honest conversation and she is just as vulgar as I am. That's what I look for in my medical professionals. Are you vulgar? Cause I need that in my life. Now my, yeah. my primary care physician, she, I swear to God, she's the coolest lady, but she talks like this and she really shows no emotion. Like, so I feel safe in saying whatever, because she's not, she's never going to react. Perfect. And she never does. When I told her, just, I know that sex is important to you, Bruschetta, it is. So it's fine because I'm not fucking right now anyway. So, well, that's good. <laughs> that was her response. Well, that's good. Oh my goodness. Oh my so, goodness. That cracks me up. When you, when you do find a partner, let me know and we can, you know, wean you off and we for something else to prepare you. Or we could just give you something else right now. No, I'll take this thing. And she sends me on my merry little way. I'm telling you, you have to, you have to be a certain type of crazy to deal with me on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. And I love how have it. you, how have you found providers that you really like? Because I feel like a lot of people have a hard time finding a provider that they feel comfortable with and that they jive with. Like, how did you create these relationships? I literally went down my insurance website. And, you know, they give you little prompts, you know, do you want um, a a woman? Do you want, you know, ethnicity, whatever ethnicity you want, whatever the case may be. Um, And once I select that, I call to see who's accepting new new patients. And I literally say, listen, I want to come in, but I want to have a consultation. And a lot of them gave me a lot of flack for, well, we don't really do that. I'm like, well, listen, before I commit my health put my health in your hands. I need to know that we're going to vibe and that you're going to listen to me. Some did not. I knew off top. Let me just go ahead and scratch you off the list if it's that big of a deal. But I had several who were like, okay, cool. Come on in. 
and just I just had a very clear, honest conversation about my my medical history. And I'm not a modest person. I put it all out there. This is my medical history. These are the procedures that I've had. These are the things like right now I have some health stuff going on. I'm considering um, some some big major procedures. And so just having conversations like that and seeing how supportive they they are and how 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 much education they want to give me and how open they are because I'm a very open person I I can't have a provider who's very very conservative in in how they express just give it to me straight (laughs) give it to me straight so and that's where I'm at um we have a hospital a hospital system here that is connected is religious based and in my mind I didn't think I'm like yeah cool I know they say that but and until that first time I had to get birth control and they was like oh we don't do that you what I'm sorry you don't what you don't do how how that happened what you, <laughs> I was so bewildered it was like well you know we're you know we're catholic based and I'm like oh so that's really a thing I it's really know. a thing that's really a thing I'm like oh yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and get y'all to transfer all my records on over there because that I can't do that. Mm-mm. Yeah. I've worked in areas where they have hospitals like that, where I believe it, they don't do tubal ligations or uh, female yeah. sterilization mm-hmm. because they don't quote believe in that or whatever. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's I don't have the right words for that. Right. It's interesting. It's, it's I don't know. Very interesting. And I mean, again, there is there there are people that are they're religious that that's their value system by all means. But I'm like, I feel like y'all should have gave me a warning. Like I talked to y'all. You knew I was not coming in here with a religion. You knew that. You made me sign a form. So you don't think that this was going to be a conversation. Okay. And again, I put some ownership on me because I did not think that that was a conversation that I needed to have because in my mind, like, oh, this is just a thing. People do this all yeah. the time. We're in the 21st century. Why? I mean, I wouldn't think to ask that up front either. Like, hey, do you prescribe birth control or is that out of your scope of practice because of the type system, of- Right. Yeah. Not to get talk about the, the medical profession or systems, because once you get me to talk about systems, I promise you, it is the most, the least sexiest thing because my toxicity will come out because <laughs> me and systems don't get along at all. But so you have a, can you tell the audience a, a little, but a lot about the work that you do with orgasmic manifestations? Yes, I would love to talk oh about that. Goodness. So um, orgasmic manifestation, are you familiar with manifesting? Yes. Okay. Yes. So orgasmic manifestation is using your sexual energy Mm -hmm. and, or your orgasm to manifest. And if you've read books like the secret or are familiar with manifestation, you know, that manifesting on its own is extremely powerful. That mindset is very powerful. However, your sexual energy is even more powerful And when you do orgasmic manifestation, you're able to harness that sexual energy to really manifest everything that you want. And it's so much fun. I've used orgasmic manifestation to connect deeper to myself. And I think that orgasmic manifestation is very beautiful for people who maybe don't have, um, 
goals that are tangible Mm -hmm. and it's more of like a feeling or an emotion because with orgasmic manifestation, you are really connecting with yourself. This is a lot of times solo. So you're pleasuring yourself and that experience and what you are manifesting is very different than a, like, I want a hundred thousand dollar year as a coach. Very, very different. However, you can use it. That is how I got my little, my car. Listen, we've talked about how much I love your car. Your car is actually my, wait, do you have a Velar? I'm sorry, not to put your business Oh, no, I got a, I got a sport. Okay, the sport. So I want a Velar. So in the same realm, you know, same thing. So daddy is so sexy. Oh my gosh. That's his name. Your car is so sexy. Daddy. Yes. That your car is daddy. Absolutely. That's why I named him that. So walk us through this because it's okay. So your education, how do you, how do you teach people to do this? Yeah. So it is very similar to sex magic in that you're using your sexual energy to create. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, I have a nine step process that I have a course on if people are interested in it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if y'all want to know step-by-step how to do this, her course, we're going to link it. And so when's your next, when's your next class? So it is on demand. So you can get it whenever you want. Yes. I love this. So definitely we're going to put the link in the show notes. So definitely, definitely take this class. It's going to be dope. So it's super, super awesome. And part of, I'll give you some of the secrets to doing orgasmic manifestation, but one of the biggest things is visualizing and seeing what you want, feeling what you want. And so before you even get to the masturbation piece or the, the pleasure aspects of it, you have this clear picture of what you're trying to manifest. Is it that beautiful home that's oceanside with the partner that's white in color with, Mm. uh, obviously this is something I've manifested before with lots of glass windows, or is it, you know, more of a desire to be in your own body and connect to yourself? And what does that feel like as a connected individual? What does that feel like to feel? Right. right. And so the visualization piece is a huge component. And in my orgasmic manifestation course, I call it um, unleashing your sexual energy, the orgasmic manifestation experience, because it's a whole experience. Like it's not just nine steps Mm -hmm. in the course. I talk about how to connect to yourself using your five senses. Mm -hmm. And we go through these exercises. We do a lot of it together other than the, the masturbation, sexual energy part. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's kind of all in there. Oh, that's so dope. This sounds really, really cool. I love this. You know, this is my jam. This is this is kind of merging my two worlds together. I feel like I'm, everyone says they're spiritual. I feel like I no longer want to say that I'm a spiritual person because it sounds so played out because everybody now is on spiritual. But my understanding of energy and my understanding of how, um, of, of life is a little different from most people and my love of sex and, and intimacy and pleasure. Like this is merging my two worlds together and I love it. Yes, it is. Yes. This it's is using so all of that energy. You said something that really stuck out to me, um, teaching women how to, to use all of their senses. And it, it reminds me, um, or it makes me think about the fact that so many women are not intentional or purposeful 
in their pleasure. And I can remember a time where I could not tell a partner what I wanted because although I've masturbated, I, I can bring myself to orgasm. I know what feels good. I couldn't articulate it because it was very robotic. It was very robotic in the way of way I went about it, but I couldn't say, Hey, do this or Hey, do that. Because I wasn't, it wasn't conscious. It was just something I was doing. And I know when I started to take a step back and actually like paid attention to my breathing, paid attention to soft touch versus a, 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 a harder or rougher hand, even uh, the dials on sex toys, like the little, the intensity of the vibration and things of that nature, just really paying attention to the sensations are different. Right. And I wonder just how many people don't think about that and also don't understand the impact that not knowing has on pleasure. Yeah. And I think that so many people don't know. Yeah. And that is the biggest thing. We've talked about this before on my podcast. I forgot to mention my podcast, Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators. But, um, you know, we talked about how so many people don't know what is pleasurable for them. And if you can't articulate that, if you don't know how to please yourself, a partner's not going to be able to please you. Not at all. Not at all. And I think a lot of times we'll hear women talk shit about men like, oh, he can't fuck. Oh, he can't eat pussy. He can't do this. He can't do that. And my rebuttal is always, so talk to me about the conversation where you told him what you wanted. And I always get these big, these eyes like, what? I shouldn't have to tell him. So you want him to fuck you with the same moves he fucked the last woman. And what she liked, you may not like. You may not like that at all. And it, I sometimes, sometimes they're like, girl, whatever, gone about your business. But a lot of times they have this aha moment. Like I haven't really thought about it like this because people get into the mindset of generalizing themselves. So I am a woman. So penis goes in vagina. So in, out, in, out, and that's how it works. When in actuality, you may not like in and out. You may like side to side and in and out. Like you may, you may want a little razzle dazzle. You may need a little razzle dazzle. Well, and sex doesn't have to be penetration. It does Sex not. is so much more. I mean, it can be yes. sensual touch. It could be kissing. Yes. yes, it can include oral massage. I mean, it does include penetration. It does include mm -hmm. anal penetration, but it is more than that. It doesn't have to be P in the V. Right, right. And so many people, but again, they get stuck on this idea that this is what they say it is. So this is what it is. So there's nothing outside of that. I've won, I, I like kissing, but not really. Like I have to be in the mood to kiss. Like I have to be in a kissing mood, if that makes any sense at all. But I would actually make myself or be like, okay, let me kiss him. Let me kiss her. Let me, let me do these things. When in actuality, I'm like, I really don't want to, but I, I don't know what else not to do. So I had to, things like that, when I really started to think about my sex life and what is and is not pleasurable to me, I'm like, well, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this when I could just have a conversation with my partner? Like, listen, I have to be in a lovey-dovey mood to be kissing up on you. So is that okay? What Talk to me about what's pleasurable for you and we can find a happy medium or whatever the case may be. Right. But it takes a, a lot of self-reflection 
And I don't, I think self-reflection sometimes is scary. It's very scary. It's terrifying. It is freaking, (laughs) it is because it requires a level of, of vulnerability, even with ourselves and being vulnerable feels really not great sometimes, even with ourselves. Putting that mirror in our face is scary. Putting the mirror to our vulvas is scary. (laughs) Right, because we're not taught to develop those relationships with our body early. I mean, at a very early age, for a lot of us, we are taught to totally ignore our bodies Mm -hmm. and be separate from them. And I feel like I was never told this, but it's something that's come up for me is that I am for a man's pleasure. And I've been flat out told that flat out. Mm. It's a mess that sex is for me and your body is for your quote unquote, unquote, your husband, right? Your husband, your body is for your husband. You can't say no. That was the biggest bag of bullshit that I've ever been given. You can't say no. Mm, I can and I shall when I need to now I will have a conversation about why my no is existing but I'm gonna say no when I want to right and I mean I think more conversations need to be had about how a woman's body is hers yeah yeah we don't belong to men we don't belong to our partners Mm -hmm. we are our own and I think so many people though, I feel the same way and that they were under the impression that they are here for men's pleasure Mm -hmm. in my particular case, male partner. And so retraining myself to accept, to receive pleasure has been something totally new to really pay attention to what I like. And that, you know, for me, a lot of times, the first time that I have sex with somebody it is an old pattern of mine, but what happens is that I am there to perform for them. Mm. And that's doing neither of us anything beneficial, but I get in this old pattern of, I want to make sure that he has a good time so that he comes back Mm. totally bypassing my own needs. I think a lot of us get in that cycle of let me let that performative sex piece like we are taught by media we are taught by friends like I literally stopped teaching blow by blow classes because it became like that's that's my fellatio class it became like a one-up like I want to wow my partner but I still hadn't thought anything about my own pleasure but I want to show him and I always ask you the very first step to, to giving a really amazing blowjob that blew people's mind had nothing to do with penis in hand, penis in mouth or anything. It's, are you having conversations about what's pleasurable for you and your partner? And everyone's was like, girl, what? I, what? So we're going to start this conversation off with a conversation. Like, I just want to do the things. And so I, I, that's really where the, the start of the thought behind this podcast and how my work shifted from being so performative and, and focusing on um, positions and acts, sexual acts and things of that nature and really honing in on pleasure because we're not thinking about it. We're not talking about it. We're trying to put on a show, but that may not necessarily be what's pleasurable for you or your partner at all does not cultivate intimacy if that is your desire for the person that you're fucking (laughs) like 
it might not. Yep. That's so, so true. And when you are in that performative state, Mm -hmm. you're not really listening to what your partner's needs are either. Mm -hmm. And you're just in this, this actor, actress role and not actually being present. Not being present. That's, that is the key, not being present because again, it feels, then it becomes robotic. It's just, oh, arm here, leg there, foot here. Like that's literally what it is. Let me show you how, how flexible I am, but you don't feel nothing. You just, you just moving, moving around, causing friction and not even causing a fire at that. Like, what are we doing? So I love the, the practice of sexual mindfulness. And just, I really, really, really credit it to the sex that I have had over um, more recent years is that not only ensuring that I am present and I have a few ways that I do that um, with, with partners, but making sure that I have what I need to stay focused on my breathing, my partner's breathing and what's happening in the moment and not thinking about what I'm gonna cook for dinner because that may or may not have happened in the past, but just being able to do that. But I love this, and this may be a kink. I need to research this because I don't know if it is, but I love bringing my partner in a space of Zen where they're mindful. Like I love conversations like, what are you feeling right now? What's on your mind? Talk me through your thoughts as I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing in that moment. And to me, it makes the it makes it just a a much more intimate experience. And I know that we're focused on what we're doing here together for one another. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And I feel like you need to have a podcast about, about this. There's a word for it. I can't think of the right word. The word that's coming to mind is saposexual. I I pronounced that totally wrong and that's not the right one, but it's similar to that in that, um, that emotional connection is, is it demisexual? I'm, I have no clue. I'd have to Google it, to be honest. Oh, Google's our friend. <laughs> Love Google. But um, that's that's the word that comes to mind mm-hmm. when, when you say that. And um, I would love to hear a podcast about how you are more mindful in the bedroom, because I know that's something that I struggle with and I've worked on, but you know, you, work doesn't stop. You know, it's something that you have to continue to be mindful of, or you're going to go back to your old habits. Old ways when we are in stressful times, or when we are faced with having to make a decision, we're more likely in periods of transition, right? We are more likely to go back to old habits than to try some to stay the course, right? Try something to stay the course. So I do think that this is something that I might put on the roster for season four. We shall see. Ooh, yes, I would love that. I'm excited. Thank you for that. So before we go, you have something really, really cool that you talk a lot about on social media. Um, and yes. it's, it's the utilization of your cycle um, to help you like be more productive. And I'm probably slaughtering that, but 
talk, can you talk to us a little bit about the cycles? Yes, I would love, love to talk about that. So the menstrual cycle is extremely complex. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times when people think of the menstrual cycle, they think of a period Mm -hmm. and at some, you know, you have a period if you don't get pregnant and that's kind of the extent of our general knowledge of the menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. for most people. However, there are four phases of the menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. and, um, I have a program coming out in April all about this. So stay tuned. It's, it's a four week program and I'm really excited about it to help support people through their menstrual cycle. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you have menses, which is when you're bleeding Mm -hmm. and then you have the follicular phase, which is where your follicle that has your egg in it is growing. Then you have your ovulatory phase where you ovulate and that's when pregnancy can occur. And then you have your luteal phase, which is kind of where implantation would happen, Mm -hmm. progesterone's elevated and without pregnancy, progesterone drops and then menses starts and the cycle starts all over. Yep. And as women, we function in a 20, 28 day cycle, roughly Mm -hmm. where men typically function in a 24 hour cycle. And so for us, our energy fluctuates throughout a 28 day period. Mm -hmm. And you may notice all of us have our own little differences when it comes to this, but when you start paying attention to your own body, you'll notice that you have more energy at a certain time. Mm -hmm. Certain tasks are easier at a certain time of the month. Mm -hmm. At another time of the month, it's, it's hard. You can't do certain things. You have no energy. So for me in business, I have utilized this to only record podcasts during my follicular and ovulatory phase, Mm -hmm. because that's when I have the most energy and my Mm -hmm. creativity is the best. And conversations are so much easier for me in my luteal phase. Uh, I was talking to my trainer about this at the gym today. Mm-hmm. He's like, how am I supposed to know when not to talk to you at the gym? And I'm like, don't worry, you'll know. You'll but know. during my luteal phase, I can't hold a conversation. I don't want to hold a conversation. It, it just doesn't come very easily for me. Right. And learning to listen to your body when it comes to your menstrual cycle and your infradian rhythm, which is your 28 day cycle, mm-hmm. that is very, very beneficial. So I love this conversation because I, again, mindfulness, we don't know what we don't know. I learned a lot just by following your social media, having this knowledge, it really does impact so much in my opinion, because again, women need to know this because we need to know, or people with cycles, people with uh, periods, um, we need to know when we're going to be most productive, we need to be mindful and track. Like I'm at the point now where I actually track from day to day. I have the flow app and I can track my symptoms. Yes. Track what I'm feeling. When I'm ovulating and I go to the gym, I literally am ready to fuck. I'm down to fuck. Everybody, everyone don't even care. Yes. It's bad. It's so crazy. I was, I have a therapist. I was talking to my therapist about this. And because again, all of my service providers are used to my level of fuckery. And they were really like, so wait, do you take something? (laughs) 
is there something you can take from that? Because, but my therapist, she's a black woman. She, she said, you know what, if we're, if we're going to be candid, you know what, I feel the same way. I feel like this, this is that, that during my ovulation time, I feel as though I am insatiable. It, it, I want all the things all the time, whenever I can get it. And she was like, are we, we're really just animals. Like we're, we are an evolved animal but we are animals and that that really that mindset has really made me so has given me such a peace and calm with my own body and my own sexuality like we really spend a lot of time fighting against natural innate urges like our body is trying to tell us listen we want you to populate this land so if you don't choose to populate do the things and it, there's a biological reason why, mm-hmm. you know, we are more horny or have more desire during ovulation period, because that's when you can conceive. Mm-hmm. So testrogen, uh, testosterone is at its highest. Estrogen is also peaking at that point. And that is biologically there to populate and to reproduce. And so your body is releasing all these hormones to produce. Mm-hmm. And so of course, like that's when you're supposed to mate. So it goes hand in hand for you to be having the sex. Right. We're yeah. wanting it at least. Right. Right. So thank you for that lesson. I am looking forward to, you say it's coming out in April, your class. Yes. I am looking, April 11th, April 11th. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be amazing. We're going to, we're going to get a link for that as well so that we can help promote, 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 get it full. All right. So as we close out, you know, the drill, give me your top three sex tips for women. All right. I love this. So top three sex tips. The first is going to be discover yourself, learn your mm. body, learn your needs first and foremost. Second tip is got to do with lube. Lube is life, as my friend Rachel Main says, and highly, highly recommend getting a high quality lubricant. If you have questions about lubes, I have podcast episodes about that, but using a drop of lube inside of a condom can make it more comfortable for the person with a penis, but also a lube for the penetrated orifice can also make it way more com- uh, comfortable and less likely to have micro tears and other things. So lube. And then my last one is take care of yourself yes. and love on yourself. Lots of self-love, lots of grace, because if you are not taking care of yourself, it's going to have a huge impact on your sexuality as well and your sexual confidence And so make sure that you are prioritizing yourself first every single day. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Before we go, rep your brands. You've talked to us a little bit about two projects. Um, Talk to us a little bit more about your projects. Uh, What's what's going, what's coming up for Jordan Donnell? Yes. So definitely follow me over on Instagram at Jordan Donnell, J-O-R-D-A-N-D-N-E-L-L-E. That is the best place to see what's going on in my world. Um, also check out my podcast, vaginas, vulvas, and vibrators on any platform that you listen to podcasts on. And as far as my projects go, you have the orgasmic manifestation project. We talked about the period 
project. I haven't figured out the name for that one just yet. That's coming I like, April. I like period but projects. That's so cute. Okay, sorry. That is kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> the other, um, the biggest thing that I did want to tell your listeners is I have an ultimate guide to foreplay that is a free guide to help you have more foreplay in your life and give you some tricks and tips and new things to try. You can get that by going to foreplay.jordandanelle.com and uh, that'll get sent right over to you. Yay. Well, Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us and y'all see you next week. Let's go, let's go.